Hi, I'm Katie. Hi, I'm Annika. And you've reached the Peter Rabbit Hole. A hour-long podcast on a five-minute book. Indeed. Where are we reading this week, Annika? This week we are reading a great classic, Miss Rumpheus, with story and pictures by Barbara Cooney. This one is from both of our childhoods. Yes. This one should be from everyone's childhood. I just assume it is. I assume it is also. In fact, <laughs> my copy is from Annika to Avery. Yes. It's maybe more my copy than his. <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit how Miss Rumpheus goes for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, like I it's, feel. it's important in retrospect. I, thought, I feel like it was super important to me as a small child. I mean, I liked it. Mm, we sure it's read it. Probably an older child. Like, mm-hmm. probably around like 10, I was like, oh, this book, this book has it's deep good. meaning. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> we just launched straight in. Yep. Gonna be holding Got back some, some feelings <laughs> about Miss Rumpheus. <laughs> We're gonna be holding back feelings. <laughs> Alrighty. But let's, let's find out a little bit about Barbara Cooney. Yes, let's. For one... She has the best pictures. She's like a little old Swedish grandmother look, like white hair, two braids oh, that come yeah. up and loop over the top of her head. Perfect. The pictures came up and I was like, thank you for being <laughs> exactly who I want you to be. And Barbara was born in 1917. Okay. She lived until 2000 and wrote, nope, sorry, illustrated well over a hundred children's books. Gosh. Busy. Yeah. So on December 12th, you can celebrate Barbara Cooney Day in Maine. Amazing. The governor declared it as a living treasure of the state of Maine in 1996, which meant she was alive for four years, one day of the year being her Her day. day. (laughs) Do you think that was great or maybe a little terrible? Maybe a little bit of both. Right? So, amusingly enough, her Wikipedia page includes the room of the apartment building she was born in. Which wow. Can, in case you're wondering, was 1127 of the Hotel Bazert in Brooklyn. Her mom was an artist and encouraged her to be an artist. Though, this is a, a quote from Barbara. The only art lesson my mom gave me was how to wash my brushes. Otherwise, she left me alone. (laughs) (laughs) During World War II, she was part of the Women's Army Corps. Gosh. And just, you know, authored, illustrated. It wasn't until she was in her 40s, she started um, traveling Hmm. a lot. And then in her 60s she moved to maine and lived in a house that one of her sons built her oh right the dream and then we got this gem of a quote of all the books i've done miss rumpheus island boy and haiti and the wild waves are the closest to my heart these three are as near as i will ever come to an autobiography so i think she really is miss rumpheus yeah so yeah she has received two Caldecott medals for Chanticleer yeah. and the Fox and Oxcart Man. I've I not... haven't read either of them. No. I feel bad that I don't think I've read anything else by Barbara Cooney. 
I scanned through some of the covers and I was like, maybe these look familiar, but I keep going, sure of a hundred books. I got to know. Right. At least a One couple more. more. Oh, the year Miss Romphius won the National Book Award, she shared it with William Stig and his book, Dr. DeSoto, which I only mentioned because I went, huh, I wonder what that is. And I clicked on the picture and went, oh, I know this book. <laughs> it's about a mouse dentist who fixes the teeth of, fox, of a fox huh. who's trying to eat him. <laughs> Don't worry, we're definitely going to cover it. I have definitely never read it. It was just so funny that, because I couldn't, it's not, like, yeah. I would have remembered to say, we should read this book, but it came up and went, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. But th those were my fun facts. Nice. Synopsis. A synopsis. This uh, could so practically be the whole book. It really could be. I'm going to try and keep it short, but we'll see how we do. So I mean, the, the book's book, only five minutes. <laughs> the book is being narrated by a little girl whose great aunt is Miss Rumphius. Mm -hmm. So she starts out by saying that, you know, the Lupin, she's the Lupin lady, she's little and old. But once upon a time, she was a little girl named Alice who lived in a city by the sea. She lived with her grandparents and her grandfather was like a ship. He carved figureheads and awkwardly... Uh, Indians for outside of cigar shops. We'll, we'll get we'll there. We'll come back. Trust uh, me, and, we're coming back to that. Yeah, and painted paintings of sailing ships. And he let Alice paint in the sky sometimes when he's very busy, which I always thought was important. While she was living with her grandparents, she said she would also visit faraway places and live by the sea when she grows old. And her grandfather's like, but you also have to make the world more beautiful. And so then we watch Alice sort of in her adult life yeah so she grows up and she becomes a librarian excellent choice wears a really good skirt <laughs> made a note about it <laughs> it's a very good skirt we'll come back we'll come back but she dreams of travel she visits the greenhouse and is like this is nice but it's not quite then there's some tourism that i feel we'll come if, back if on but she visits a tropical island and she climbs very tall mountains and then she hurts her back getting off a camel. <laughs> we'll come back. <laughs> and decides that it's time to maybe take a break from the traveling. So she moves into my dream house beside the sea. <laughs> and in a, in a move that I certainly recognize, her back is acting up. <laughs> so she can't really get out of bed for a while. But she's planted some lupins outside her window. And she's sad that she can't plant more because she can't get out of bed to do yeah. it. And like, wow, as someone can with relate. severe back <laughs> problems, I can super relate. But then in the summer, or in the spring, the flare-up has calmed down, which I'm very glad for her. Yes. And so she goes on a walk and a ways away she finds lupins, which were carried by the, the seeds were carried by the wind from her garden. And so now there's lupins somewhere else. And she's like, aha! I've got it. And so she put, she buys a lot of lupin seed, like a lot of lupin like a seeds. Lot. And just wanders around tossing the seeds all over the place. And everyone calls her that crazy old lady. <laughs> <laughs> what I aspire to. But the next summer, 
or the next spring, all the lupins come up all over the place beside the highway and on the side of the road and on the paths and everywhere there are lupins and everyone is very impressed. And so young Alice, the who has yes. been telling this story, our narrator and her friends go and visit great aunt Alice sometimes in her small house um, and hear about her stories. And great aunt Alice tells young Alice that she also has to do something to make the world more beautiful. And that's the end of this very important book. Yeah. Like there's not a lot to it, but it's so important. Like a lot of events happen, but we never dive into any, any of, of them. them. No, we just like we skim because it covers so many years. We just sort of skim a page, a page per event or like life stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it, in rereading it because I know it so well. Yeah. Everything was there that I remembered, but at the same time, I always went, oh, we don't spend any more time in that. No. And I feel like I did in my brain. Absolutely. Right? Especially having it read to me. You just Because you spend all world. the time looking at the picture as it's being read mm -hmm. to you. And like, boy, I think a lot of uh, extra information was added by my brain. <laughs> so I feel like you and I have both made this comment a bunch, especially of like childhood favorites that we thought there was so much more to a section and then there wasn't, which makes me think that children's brains, like you how just much, add on. yeah, how much you just layer on there. The one exception I can think of is Frank and Ernest because they really do <laughs> just get deep into the weeds. Just so lost in the sauce of Frank so, and Ernest. So little happens, but boy, does it happen in detail. <laughs> God, I love Frank and Ernest. Oh. They're my faves. Maybe our hundredth episode will like revisit. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Art synopsis. Art synopsis. Do you have an art synopsis? Do you have a the bit? In I oh, do. Good. Yes, I do too. Do, shall one of us just read it because we couldn't do it better? Yeah. Uh, the illustrations for Miss Rumphius were painted in acrylics with accents of Prismacolor pencils on gesso coated percale fabric mounted on illustration board. The art was camera separated and printed in four colors. The text type is Gaudi old style and the display type is Gaudi cursive. It's the most deep. It's it, it has its own page. <laughs> That's it. Yep. That's the only thing on here. Well, like a little doodle. And with it makes me Hildy. Yeah. Hilda. Which makes me remember that I have absolutely no idea how printing works Ab or how nope. any of this shit got done before there was a computer. Nope, no idea. Or it, like, how do you, what does it mean that the it was camera separated? I mean, I guess what does us, it mean? I guess we could look that up on the internet, but neither meh. of us have our phones. I did look up some stuff about lupins, which we'll get oh, to later. I, I looked some stuff up oh, too. Good. Not about lupins though. Uh. Uh. But <laughs> uh, when I was flipping through this, I went, this has to be acrylic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got such lovely depth and But the color, like detail. the colors are so solid, right? Like they don't, right. they yes. don't blend it. I mean, they blend obviously because you can blend acrylics, but like they don't sort of wash it's, through each other. Like, you know, like just colored pencils or like watercolors or. No, these are very solid illustrations. Yeah. And it's a very, things don't 
typically just drift off into the background. Yeah. I say and that as I open to a page that's kind of drifting. Drifting off into the background. <laughs> I feel like it's in in this page of travel particularly because uh-huh. the mountains are so crisp and like the building yes. here behind the camel is also so like sharp. And sometimes, I love these illustrations, but every once in a while like people in the background because acrylic can only get so fine are slightly overdefined <laughs> not like in a big way but no. like they they draw your eye a little bit more when they're just supposed to blend to the background yeah some kids books illustrations that i know are you know older and have been done in like physical media right they feel like they were very large canvases that yes have been photographed and made smaller this doesn't feel like it was ever like it feels like maybe it was a little bit bigger but i right. can't imagine it being hugely larger than they are because all of the details in this feel like details you could have painted at this scale exactly excellent hair in this her hair so good so good just detailing the way that the gray comes into it Mm -hmm. and i love because she's a redhead yeah it's much more that coppery yeah red almost brunette in times yeah all right, don't worry, friends. We're going to talk we're a bunch g- about the art. We're just, we're not going to shut up. So strap in. Your copy came from the library. Yeah. And when I picked it up, I went, the cover's wrong. <laughs> just wrong. It's supposed to have the big purple border. Yes. And, and, and be the picture of her doing the, looking at the lupins. Yeah. Yeah. You Is that My, even in the book? The illustration? I don't it's think like it her is. her on a hill. It's, it's her on the on a walk down the hill. Like and the, the lupins should be down here, but they're not. It's like a whole different picture. It's it's just that there's no lupins on it anywhere. Oh no! In the in the discover the lupins time. I I know, but I don't even think she like I don't think that page exists. Which makes me think. If it's oh. an illustration that doesn't belong in the book, is it actually the cover art? Like, is yours more correct? It's the 30th anniversary edition, but that's the cover I know. That was my cover. Yes. I can't remember who printed it, but it's got the big purple border. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's the picture puffins. Yeah. Ooh, different people, though, though, I remember reading in the liner notes... That it was published, yes, first publishing by Viking Penguin ah. in 82, published in in Picture Puffin, 85. Mm. And if yours is the 30th, maybe that was the original cover. Maybe. Also, why would there be art that doesn't exist on the yeah. page if it wasn't designed for that? I, it does not feel like someone imitated the style to make no. this cover. This feels true, just like I've never seen it before. Because uh, in our last one, I even talked about how the cover was all purple. And yeah. realizing there's not even that much purple in the illustration, but the big, bold purple, purple around. It's a purple around. Yeah. Which, if I'm being honest, slightly garish. <laughs> but it's correct. But it's the true cover. Yes. Th- this is what it looks like. Yeah. Can we talk about the shelving notes for this book? Mm. Because mm. there's just the one. Don't worry. It's Ants fiction i'm highly offended <laughs> i'm so offended <laughs> i read that and was like mm, mm, mm. like how can you define this woman as just an aunt 
awesome. Not that it's not a thing that she's, you know, obviously she, it's a cool thing for her, but like way way to take her down to her role related to family as a woman. Yeah. I'm just yeah. Because travel, fiction, flowers, fiction, life purpose, fiction, fiction. life philosophy, fiction. fiction. I'm so, I'm so mad. Yeah. I was very disappointed when I read that shelving note. <laughs> yes. Lupins. Fiction. Right? Okay. <laughs> I always thought... So we're in it. We're in the book. Yeah. Now we're going to do the book. We're over it. This... Nope. Nope. I'm transitioning. This will be in it for a okay. second. This book always felt a bit like a female empowerment book to me. Yeah. She's an independent woman go traveling around the world. Just living her life. And like, it's never discussed. Nope. She has a career. Yep. Travels. Yep. Never marries. Yep. Never children. Has her... Lives, lives her own very cool life. By herself. Yep. And her cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the dream. <laughs> there were several times I'm like, ah, Annika. I was maybe very strongly influenced by this book. I was half of this book. I'm like, ah, oh, this this is me and who I wanted to grow up into. And I got this like, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is who Annika wanted to grow up into. <laughs> Dedicated to St. Nicholas. Yep. I don't think I ever looked at that page before. Me neither. To St. Nicholas, patron saint of children, sailors, and maidens. Which, I mean, yeah. covers pretty much most oh, of the bits. Yeah. And to be fair, she'd already written a bunch of books at that point. You can yeah. start dedicating to saints. Your kids already have books <laughs> dedicated to them. All right. Sh shall we begin? Indeed. I think we should begin with the very first letter. <laughs> it's the beginning of a story, and it's bigger than... It'll like the whoa big. way bigger than the rest of the print and it's in a color and Alice is like standing, leaning on it, gesturing away. Great niece. niece though we don't know her name is Alice. No, we don't. Just a great niece. And a funny little bob of red hair. Although she has the same hair as later. As 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 old Alice in a couple of pages. Yes. Which I really like. I do too. Though I, I do have some questions about their relationship. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> and she's very much, she's even got her out, hand outstretched as, outstretched as like, let me tell you the story. Yeah. Barbara Cooney liked to do a lot of fairy tales. Mm. So it is not surprising yeah. that she starts off with a classic fairy tale, big letter illustration. I can't remember what, they've got a name, but I I'm sure you do. for the life of me remember what it is. If you know, send us an email. <laughs> at, at P, the Peter Ravahole at gmail.com. So the first illustration is our Lupin lady as a little girl. Yeah. Because once upon a time, she was a little girl named Alice. I love that, like, also it implies that, like, once upon a time, her name was Alice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she hasn't been Alice in a long time. Yeah. I reread this. Uh-huh. And 
there was many years ago, her grandfather came to America on a large sailing ship. And I know this. Mm -hmm. This scene always looks like England to me. No, it looks like Boston. And then after I'm like, no, or this like is probably Boston. Salem or... A very New England. It's a very New England. But like one of the ports where it's like packed. Yes. I think there was just something about... It opens up and it's so covered in snow and ice. Mm -hmm. And she's wearing her cute little matching hat and blue coat. And yeah. It feels old. And so I uh -huh. think... Because I didn't grow up in that part of the country. I was like, England! <laughs> but it's not. It's not. No. I think you... I, think I do Boston wonder is probably. where the grandfather is from. Mm. Where did he come from? I'm going to go with England. Rumpheus? Ooh. I just... I wonder. Oh, you bring up an excellent point. It doesn't really matter. But, no. like, I just wonder where... Where does one find a native Rumpheus? I mean, it might be England. We could do some guessing, but I think we'd only offend people. Yeah, so, it's best not to. No. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, a mystery for the ages. Oh, there was one funny thing where she's standing on the steps of her grandfather's shop and, mm -hmm. like, looking out towards the water. And this word, it was, like, from the first stoop, she could see the wharves. And I was like, what's a wharves? <laughs> because the next one is like um, the bristling mass of the tall right. ships I'm like is that, is that part of a ship and then I looked it up it's like wharf plural wharves and I was like how often do you ever see that <laughs> as someone who lives in a landlocked state fair and just not not a big boat family from what I understand no no, no we are we are not a boat people yeah <laughs> My mom is scared of the water. Uh, so like that'll that'll do it for you. Yeah. And, and so yeah, so then we learn about how he in the shop at the bottom of their house, which is neat, also the dream. Yes. Uh he makes he carves figureheads for the prows of ships and Indians for outside of cigar stores. Yeah, and they like there's two different Indians like holding cigars. I mean, it's it was it was a thing. So people much did. a thing. I, why? I, I I'm sure it's only for offensive reasons. I mean, tobacco is native to North America, and no one had it till they met a native person who was like, "Hey, you want to smoke some tobacco?" Right. But like, I don't think I don't know that that's why we've decided that carving wooden Indians and putting them outside of a store is a good choice, but... Uh, boy, it isn't. No. And hurts a little bit that even at 82, we're like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. Because I certainly saw some carved native people, you know, saw, you know holding I, cigars as a kid. There was one that I remember in, in somewhere in downtown Montreal. When I was quite small, but right. it went away quite quickly. Excellent. <laughs> Which is good. And I feel like by the time I was eight or nine, maybe, I went through a, please, I would like to learn everything there is to know about a native person yes. in North America phase, as many small white children do. Yeah. Because I had read a bunch of books and, and it's, Island of the Blue Dolphin comes who hasn't? to mind. Yes. And I was like, 
give me this information. And I feel like after that, not maybe not when I like when it was first written to me, right. because obviously not. But I can remember reading this book and going, oh, even as a small person or a smallish person. Yeah. Being like, oh, that's uncomfy. And there's that moment of like, why? Because he's carving these beautiful Victorian maidens for the mm-hmm. front of ships, but which like, is also its own kettle of fish. Yeah. But, and cherubs and carving. But like, that was a standard I, Yeah, it sure thing. was. Probably, but very much for the period. And let's face it, it doesn't matter how good of an artist you are. So many artists have to have that thing that people just buy reliably right. that like, you can crank out. He's an artist, but he's also an artisan. Yes. In a way that's not like, I will I will create the art only and suffer for it or whatever. No. Right? He's, like he's supporting, well, certainly Alice. It possibly a wife? Yeah, she's in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're... We don't ever actually see... Oh, no, there she is. Yeah. In the background. She's never referred to. No. But then we get to go into their apartment, which is quite nice. Well, and he does painting. Mm-hmm. And he lets her paint the sky. Which is great. Which is so lovely. I wonder how much of that is a in Barbara referring to this as being her childhood. Right. Feels like that. Because yeah. Miss Rumpheus doesn't continue to... Paint. Do art. No. no. Yeah. Art's not really her jam. So then here's the monumental time that we're sitting in our cozy little living room. Yeah. Like this is a narrow house. This is such a narrow house. Oh gosh. Yes. Which is so true of that area er- of New yeah. England. Like the cities, all those houses are just so like squoonched together. <laughs> And she's listening to all of his stories of faraway places. And when he finished, Al said, When I grow up, I too will go to far pl- faraway places. And when I grow old, I too will live beside the sea. I'm like, that's a, that's a great life plan. Right? So good. And then Granddad's just like, But you also. There's a third thing. You must do something to make the world more beautiful. Not better. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I always thought that always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. What was granddad's life that he's traveled to all these places? I, I always felt more than that. He immigrated on a big ship that he had been on the big ship for quite a long time. Like he was kind of a merchant Marine uh, kind of thing. And then he ended up in this Harbor and stayed. And we have, presumably grandmother wife in in the background. It feels very much like her grandparents are raising her. It really does. I mean, it's entirely possible that her parents just live down the street or something. Yeah. And she just spends a little, it's easier to hang out at grandpa's studio than where her parents are. But like, I just like, there's no, it goes from like evening in their house when they're having this conversation into uh, Alice didn't know what making on the same page, didn't know yeah. what that something beautiful would be. But in the meantime, she got up and washed her face and ate porridge for breakfast. She went to school and came home and did her homework, which isn't necessarily not at the house, but the way it's all sort of lumped together, it feels yeah 
it does not feel like there is a parent. It also doesn't really feel like there is a sibling. Yes. Which more than the parents, because I'm willing to go, she just lives at your yeah. grandparents' house. Lots of kids spend as much time at their grandparents' house as their own parents. There's no other sibling around. No. Like, there's no other kid in the woodshop. And I or... feel like they would have been mentioned later on, like, if not here. Right. Like, but this is her great niece. Yep. So, yeah. Mystery. Alternatively, she adopted, like, like. The way you do. The way you do. Sometimes someone just becomes an honorary aunt. And that's that. And right. it's so much easier to just say my aunt than to say my, well, she's not, but, but she might as, and she wait, might yeah. as well be. She's, we treat her like, yes. <laughs> and you're I, like, wow, you could have shortened that to aunt and I would not have cared. Uh, the first cat. Yes. Good calico. I, yeah. I love how, how noodly this cat is. Mm-hmm. He's very snuggled down into that ottoman, and he's having a good time. Yes. Facing the fire, listening to these stories. Yeah. The painting above grandfather uh -huh. looks an awful lot like the first place she goes. Yes, it does. The second one of the ship in the storm Warm. hopefully wasn't her experience. <laughs> Though it probably was at some point. I mean, it might have been. It's not like she took an airplane. We haven't talked about the time period... Mm -hmm. this is set in, and I think we probably should, because that's yes. kind of key. I assume she's worth starting in, like, 19s or teens. Or 18s, even? Late 18s? I think even earlier, because when when we get to the next page in her fabulous skirt, that's an Edwardian look. That's true. That's very true. Because her as a little child does feel very Victorian. It does. And kids' clothes did stay sort of they didn't similar for yeah. quite a long time. Yeah, Target was not exactly turning over new trends every yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the, the skirt is so of a time. Yes. Like, it's so, it dates this image so much. And the woman behind her with the fabulous hat. Oh, yeah. God. So we've entered, so, yeah, so Alice we've, has we've, had this very important talk with her grandfather. And now Alice is at least 20 years old. If not potentially 17. I guess that's <laughs> so, true. Uh, and she has become a librarian. Yeah. Well, she works in the library. Specifically. True. Dusting books and keeping them from getting mixed up and helping people find the ones they wanted. Which is essentially a librarian. It always bothered me that the first task was dusking the books. Because I'm like... <laughs> Now it makes her sound like the housekeeper of the library, and the librarian is a very important job. Yeah. But it isn't this everything you've always wanted the library to be? 100%. Excellent the architecture. catalog. All the glass windows. Yeah, the second story. It feels like the platonic ideal of library. Yes. But there are portions of it that feel like my growing up library. Yes. Including... The card catalog and the little, like, square turn-it-around shelf <laughs> for presumably, like, popular new kids' books. Right. Librarians fix for kids' books. Because, and wow, the kids' section of my library had the card catalog, and then next to it, the it was a triangle of, like, maybe you want to read this. 
the library I spent most of my time in a child. I had a card catalog, obviously, but it was so small. It's not like we you ever consulted it. Oh, I did it all the time. I love that heckin' thing. I hardly ever used it because by the time we went to the main library, they had just implemented a computer yeah. at which my mom could not handle it. And so me, I felt very big as like a fifth grader being like, this is how we search. I do remember when they replaced the card catalog with the computers and like, it was cool to be able to look stuff up easier, yes. but also the card catalog. I loved it. And then we get the outside of the library, which is also yep. lovely. Just and beautiful. it turns out that here, uh, my brain has inserted a large extra chunk of knowledge because I had another book that was about the history of libraries because the, first, nerd. Because the first public library was in Peterborough, New Hampshire. Okay. Which was like right next to where the summer house was. Oh, okay. And so we went to Peterborough a lot. I've been to that library. It's quite nice. It, and it looks, the inside doesn't look quite like this, but the outside has is reminiscent feeling. of this outside uh. library book. And so my brain, despite the fact that it says that she left home to live in another city far from the sea, Peterborough is not that far from the sea. It's like five hours, maybe. But, but by car. This time. Yeah. You'd have to take the train, but there were a lot of trains right through there. It wouldn't have been. I don't know that you would call it far. Uh, I'm In 1924, and if you grew up literally like... On top of the sea, I suppose it might yes. be. But my brain always said, oh, she's probably in Peterborough, New Hampshire. I'm willing to buy that. Unless it was Jaffrey. Oh, no. Now I'm worried. It was definitely somewhere in New Hampshire, in, like, southern central New Hampshire. There. So then sometimes she went to the conservatory in the middle of the park, and it Which is, is like... Which is when you know that they're not in Peterborough, New Hampshire, because they definitely dope. don't have a conservatory. I've never been someplace with, like, a true conservatory. Oh, they're so good. There was one in Toronto in a park that was between... Well, it was, I didn't actually live there, but I spent most of my time there. Right. Uh, and campus was a park called uh, Allen Park, yes. which had both the dog park and the conservatory, which meant you could have your tropical flowers and or your dog time. Ooh. It was very good. She's gone there in the middle of winter and she's wearing the outfit I most desperately want to have in my entire life. It's, it's so good. It's like a... Floor-length Victorian winter coat with the capelet that's like attached as part of the coat, like a great coat, and, and the fur hat and the fur muff, which are definitely mink. Yeah, and look, please don't. But if you have to, this is the way to do it. <laughs> and she just looks the epitome of elegance and so please. elegant. It's almost like a tropical island, but not quite. Yeah. So, so she goes to a tropical, <laughs> and that's the next page. Yep. There she is on a tropical island in just the most classic, oh no, white lady safari outfit. This, okay, I think this is also one of the reasons why I kept thinking she was British is... It feels British. It feels so British. She's in a 1920s, like, drop waist... 
two-tiered white dress with a white jacket over top of it and a little safari hat. That's and been... the white parasol. She just looks... She looks fabulous and really stupid. Both at the same Simultaneously, time. Yeah. yes. As we're on an island. Yeah. Location a bit unknown. I would guess somewhere like Java because of the batik skirt as, mm. as the main choice of clothes. But that's only a guess. And she's surrounded by children. Yeah. And the we like... Have, we have met the Baparaja, who is the king of a fishing village. Who's very kind to her. He, yeah, he seems lovely. And I like that this is largely an exchange of respect. Yeah. But like, she arrives. And she meets him. And then... He gets her a coconut and she drinks the coconut water and then he gives her this mother of pearl shell and then he's like, I'll always remember you. And there's just, there's something a little bit weird here to me. Yeah, there's kind of like, what has happened? Right. Has she gone on a cruise? How have we wandered? How have we gotten to here? And how are we, like, there's obviously a boat involved and I don't think she's piloting it. Because I feel like that would have been relevant information. Oh, I think we would have talked about that. But the way that she's just sort of arrived, been beloved, and left feels... Eh? Because I think the important part of it that we are supposed to take away is he says you will always remain in my heart and she says you will always remain in mine too. Meaning this has been a big moment in her life. Yeah. But, but I'm not sure why it's been a big moment in his. Maybe my hope was always like, oh, a nice Anglo-Saxon lady who has not been a jerk and has maybe been interested in our customs. True. Because she... Well, it talk, like it yeah. makes a little bit of a big deal that he himself got her the coconut. Yeah. And she was not a big stuck-up white lady who was like, I'm sorry, you want me to drink out of what? True. But she... you. In my heart. Yes. You want the best. Little Katie who read this believed that she just didn't go for sightseeing, but she went to like take in the experience of being somewhere new. That it, yes. I'm not sure it necessarily says all that. (laughs) But that's, that's what we feel in our hearts. I feel it also. Okay. Don't worry. It's just rereading it. I'm like, eh. Also... I wondered a little bit, how has she afforded this? Right? Where did this money come from? Because her grandparents were not no. super rich. And a librarian does not make that much money. No. And that back then, especially, especially that was like... a lady. Yeah, that is then. a lady's work. So, I mean, Granddad was clearly a successful carver. He had True. a shop. But he was still... It's not like he's got a fleet of people working for him. Yeah. When he runs out of time, the six-year-old paints the sky. (laughs) I mean, maybe we were right and her parents were not around and they left her a bunch of money. Ooh, which is a real possibility given this time. Yeah. The whole, the way she travels, her ensemble, 
<laughs> it feels like there's family money. Yes. It feels like she is doing this in style. I mean, maybe her other grandparents were rich. Presumably she had another set. Right. And, and like I said, there's nothing to indicate that her grandparents were struggling. No. Well, the home is small. It's very well furnished. It That's looks true. very cozy. And also, like, every time I read a review of a European hotel written by from someone who lives in Kansas and talks about how small the rooms are. True. This is just the size they were built yes. then. If you're listening to us from Kansas, I mean, you know disrespect. I'm just saying <laughs> there's not 20 acres so easily accessible everywhere. <laughs> uh, nope, that came out worse than how I not say anything at all. So sorry. <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> um, and then we move through the years without really talking about it, but indicated by the outfit, definitely. Yes. Because, right? like, the island is such a 20s outfit. Oh, yes. Like, and still, like, in that overly formally dressed yeah. for travel way. But then she's climbing... Climbed tall mountains where the snow never melted. She went through jungles and across deserts. She saw lions playing and kangaroos jumping. And everywhere she made friends, she would never forget. But so her climbing the mountain, she's wearing some pants. I would also like to point out her climbing fellow seems to also be a lady. She does. Which I never noticed. Yep. But she's got that like, oh no, it's the oldie timey's climbing rope set up going on and the crampons on her boots and I feel worried for her safety. I've done a bit of rock climbing. It's been a while. I am not... I should never be in charge of a climb. This is not the way you do it. This is bad. <laughs> if she were to fall... her, If she were to fall the way this rope has laced around her, it would yank her leg out from underneath of her. And just smash her head smash down her into the rock. Backwards into, this is terrible. This is... It's not good safety, and the way that it's anchored on the top of the mountain, that just looks like a snowdrift. Yes. No, she's going to die. <laughs> I mean, she didn't, obviously, which is great, but I feel concerned about the safety of the mountaineering expedition. She should be dead. There's yes. no, like, this, this yeah. does not work. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess, she went to Australia. That's a big heckin' trip. On a boat? Back because by the time she well, hurts her back, what do we say? Is that 40s? Uh, yeah, she's wearing, we've got knees exposed Post. and like arms exposed. Possibly tennis shoes. Yeah. This is at least a 30s, 40s dress. Yeah. So in the scene where we obviously jumped in some time, finally she came to the land of the Lotus Eaters. And they're getting off a camel. She hurt her back. And I went, the Lotus Eaters, what does that mean? Because we're obviously in some sort of... Oh, God. Now watch me stick my foot in my mouth. Egyptian, Arabic, kind We're definitely in the Middle, Middle East, East. And we seem to, at least some of us, practice Islam, given the dress of the men and the women. Yes. Uh, oh, I thought we're in Morocco. Ooh, Morocco seems like a good guess. Just from the building, which is named Cafe Djerba. Also, Morocco is a quintessential tour. Yeah. I, boy, do I want to go. Yeah. Same. But I read the Lotus Eaters. I'm like, what, what is that? What is? <laughs> and also, 
is that horribly racist? <laughs> Sounds like it probably is. So I looked up. Wait. And? And the Lotus Eaters, I had a flip to page, was a term in a ninth, nope, in a 1832's poem by Alfred Tennyson. 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 About sailors who eat a lotus flower and kind of get listless and lost in time. And this referenced Greek mythology about an island island of residents who ate the local fruit, which essentially made them like sleepy and apathetic. Mm-hmm. And they forgot home and their loved ones and were content to just kind of stay. Right. So, my hope <laughs> is that the reference is not that these... Because it makes it sound like you're just lazy. Well, I think that they're in fact speaking about um, opium. All right. Which comes from, which comes from poppies, not lotuses. But right. But of like... The- but that's, also that, I'm pretty sure that's a like that people that there are references to lotus eaters that are like no these people do a lot of opium and they cannot function as humans because they are too full of opium. But you don't think of opium as being from a Middle no. Eastern, which I wondered if it became the land of like Americans who go there and don't want to leave because yeah. it's so neat. Yeah, like you just kind of become embedded in. Yeah, you're so enamored with. Where you Which are. Which I guess would sort of make sense if it is Morocco, because they're doing like a whole, you know, cafe America, whatever. Right. And if you think about like the Ritz. 40s and... Um, Casablanca. Right. So I think it's less about the people who are there or so much as the people who have come there. I think we'll go with that. I think that's a great way to do it. Also, what a hell of a reference to drop in a kid's book. <laughs> right. As a kid, I was just, like, skimmed over it. Yeah. Although, I think it might be partially because she doesn't actually name any of the places she goes. No. Right? It's we only allude to... The most specific thing is, honestly, the kangaroos, because there's only one place that they are. Yeah. And, yeah. And lions, I guess. Lions and kangaroos are the two... Although, lions is pretty broad. <laughs> I was like, there's a big... Somewhere in Africa. Right. That's a big chunk. I love that she hurts her back getting off a camel. Right. <laughs> well, if she was, let's say she was 20 when she was librarying. And we uh-huh. said that that was 19 the, or the 20s. No, the library was before the 20s. So the island is the 20s. Right. I thought it's Edwardian. Yeah. Uh, which is late teens, teen, but like mid late teens. Yeah. Okay. And then Yes, yes. By the time we're on the island, and it's definitely the twenties. And then mountain climbing is probably at least the thirties if we're wearing some pants. Yep. Kind of love thirties. This 30s is the forties. If least. not, if not the fifties. So this has been twenty years of travel. Good for her. At least, if not thirty years of travel. And this feels like she's just bouncing from one place to another. Yeah, it does not feel like she's gone home. No. Ever. And I wonder if she would have a home to go home to, right? If, her, if presumably at this point her grandparents are no longer with us. Right. She doesn't seem to actually own a sibling or a parent. It... Like, if you didn't, and she doesn't own a house yet. Right. 
she may not have a home. Why wouldn't she just keep bouncing around if that's the thing she always wanted to do? And also think about how long it took to bounce around. <laughs> right? That's a lot of ocean travel. Oh boy, I would do so much puking. Because it's not like, what, the 60s is really the time that air travel became anything. Maybe the 50s that like a normal person yeah. did. And even then, cross-Atlantic or Pacific flights were Ooh. not an easy thing to do. No. You had to like land places to refuel before you kept going. And America is really far away from a big, from pretty much most of the places it looks like she's going to. So yes. once you're already on that. That's just the idea of how long it would take to get to Australia on a boat <sighs> and back again is oof. Uh, Daniel's looked into it as one of our many retirement options of uh. you book passage on a cargo ship. Because <laughs> you're just like, yeah, the, the trip, the trip there is half the experience. Yeah. Take a lot of books. So many books. Oh boy. Hope you don't get stuck in the Suez Canal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, no. It's a short rowboat over to buy some more books. <laughs> All right, so I just, she hurts herself. And she's like, listen, this has been great, but I think I need to relax. Which is, given her age of being in her 50s. Look, yeah, presumably the, approximate 50s. And given the time, like, yeah. how tough travel was on you. Yes. That's okay. And if she if she if she hurt her back hard enough that in the next two pages she spends a whole winter in bed. She it was a pretty real rough bad back. And that can happen, you know. I you know, she got off the camel wrong. Yeah. There it, it went. It happens. I was vacuuming. <laughs> and my back went crunch. You you have a real Shoddy back. I do. It's very bad. Because you are not in your 50s, nor have no. you traveled like this for the last 20 years. No. When I was 23, I was told I had the discs, the lower back discs of an 80-year-old. How encouraging. There's nothing to be done about it. Good thing you work in a job where you're on your feet a big percentage hey. of the time. <laughs> that's, that's okay. The other half, you're crouching. Yep. It's fine. Not a problem. Or leaning over to pick something up. Yes. that's. <laughs> <laughs> it's ideal, really. How are those Pilates coming? Uh, really strengthening that core? Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely doing all those exercises regularly. I'm sure multiple doctors have told you. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> from the porch of her new house. Which I want. I want it so bad. There was an article that was like, clearly this is Maine. We called it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I it buy it. 100% Maine. house. And it's like right up on the water. And it's like on a bay and there's no one nearby. No. And it, oh, I want, I want it. She saw a little garden amongst the rocks that surround her house. Mm-hmm. She planted a few flower seeds in the stony ground. Miss Rumpheus was almost perfectly happy. I bet she really is Miss Rumpheus to everyone. Yeah. Like, she is a lady of a time. Yeah. She has not been Alice for a real long time. Yeah. 
I love that she's still like, oh, but I got to do that. Grand- Granddad said. said. What a great porch. Such a good porch. She needs some more furniture on it, though. Well, I feel, I always thought that this was like a, this is, she's pretty new to here. Because, like, her, her flowers haven't come up. Oh, she no. hasn't done anything to the lawn. We only just got here. But, you know, we have had time to acquire a cat. Who is hunting a mouse. In this just such a good bedroom with her quilt and her blanket and she's got all this gray in her hair yeah she's suddenly aged quite a bit on us i mean we haven't seen her close up in a while right there could be some gray under the hat on the camel and maybe maybe she was traveling for longer than we expected i mean if she's 50 that's not an uncommon time to start getting... I mean, I've got a bunch of gray in my hair. I know, but she's got like that concentrated above the ear trunk. Though, part of me is like, who knows? Maybe maybe she traveled into her 60s. Because yeah. she... It's just her. Mm-hmm. Who... Why? Why yeah. stop? You're Absolutely. having a great time. Uh, but she's... Gosh, just... And that happy cat. Such a good cat. I felt a little bad for her. She came in and like her back flared up. I'm like, who is taking care of her? Right. This new town. Um, she stayed in bed most of the time. The flowers she planted the summer before had come up and bloomed in spite of the stony ground. Yep. So then she refers to lupins. I've always loved lupins best. Do we think she planted a variety of flowers and lupins did the best? I mean, they might also have just been the tallest, and so that's what you could see outside her window. Lupins are really impressive. Yes. Annika and I were in the mountains in Colorado, walking Abby, my dog, Yes. your occasional dog, (laughs) and we were both like, lupins! It's lupins! I was so pleased. Because you don't, I don't see them around, which is such a shame, because they're great. Maybe they're a colder, rockier... They like humidity. They grow from... Oh, right. You've done some I, lupin. I did, I did some lupin look, look up because I got worried about the seeding of invasive plants. <laughs> <laughs> I had a minute. I was reading it and I got to the next page or the two pages mm-hmm. later when she's just like flinging the seeds around. And right. I was like, oh no, is this actually awful? <laughs> Is this invasive? It turns out that no, in North America, which is where they are native to, excellent lupins are not considered invasive. They are, however, invasive in New Zealand and also a couple of other countries. And apparently, the reason that there are so many in New Zealand is because um, they're pretty sure that tour bus drivers were flinging them out the windows to make a part of the like tour route more interesting because it's just sort of drab and farmland (laughs) and they were like let's put flowers so lupins really do grow super easy if the idea that a tour bus driver is like (laughs) yeah and they took apparently the ideal way to plant lupins is you seed them and then you walk on them okay like you you put them in the ground and Uh cover them up and then you like tromp around the garden bed like smashing them smashing them into the ground and that makes them happy Avery will love that planting <laughs> approach. Right? But anyways, they are not invasive in North America. Great. They also 
didn't exist in pink or purple until 1937. They are a cultivar. Like they were, they were bred for colors by a man. Oh, I have just forgotten his name and I didn't write it down. Uh, Anyways, a man in England did some cross gening and then that's where the different colored lupins come from. Original lupins are only blue. And so if you plant, which means that we're later on. (laughs) Right. Which we knew. We knew we We were later than 1937. But but still. Yeah. That's an interesting fact. It was. And I had a minute. I was like, oh, did we get the lupins wrong? We did not. No. But if you let lupins reseed themselves, they don't breed true to color. Like you can't get the color of the plant from the seeds. Uh Uh-huh. Like they do their own thing they or do they own, just revert they, back to they blue? They do their own thing, but after a couple of generations, we'll always revert back to blue. That's fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's my cool lupin facts. I think they're going to be relevant here soon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're clearly relevant. Yes. But we'll like go circle yeah. back. Indeed. She was feeling much better as spring came. And so she went on a long walk. This is a beautiful grove of lupins. Yeah. And the fun leaves and her cat. <laughs> I do like that her cat walks with her. That is really sweet. And she's got her funny green poncho. Yep. I love her fun, funny green poncho. I have thoughts. I also love her, like, oldie timey hairdo with her crazy. Look, streaks. at a certain point. You just do your hair the way you do your hair. Yeah. That's, that's your hairstyle. Screw fashion. I guess. No, that's her hairstyle. That is her hairstyle. That is what she's wearing when she's climbing the mountain. It's well. what, and presumably it's what's up in her hats. Yeah. She's like the wind. Brought the brought the lupins to here, and the birds, and the birds helped. And then she knows her beautiful thing is gonna be lupins. And so she hurries home and got out her seed catalog and sent off her five bushels of lupin seeds. I actually meant to look up how much is a bushel. I think it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot because it's. Like a basket. I mean, she had a lot of lupins to sew. But one would wonder if she could actually sew five bushels of lupins in a year, or if maybe some of them got a little stale. I mean, seeds will last for a while. Also, did she write? Because she wrote to the very, the very best seed houses. Yes. Were several of them in England to get her different <laughs> colored lupins? Possibly. Because even though he bred them in 37, how long would it take before they were, like, easily accessible in their different I feel like it wouldn't take that long, honestly. Plant people are weird like that and have been for a very long time. If you would like to send your hate mail to Annika as a plant person, (laughs) you can do that at our Instagram. (laughs) As the child of two dedicated plant weirdos. (laughs) Like, the number of seed catalogs that I grew up receiving in the mail well my parents and received in the mail as i grew up was many oh i've never even so seen the seed catalog and then when i was my, at my we mom's house a, the the seed well the bulb catalog came and then the seed catalog oh, came a couple of months up. later and then the like really good seed catalog came right before i left oh shout out to oh what is it it's Vassy seeds in canada they do some good work We'll tag them on the Instagram. <laughs> oh, I bet they have a good Instagram. Oh, they probably do. Oh, just pictures picture. of flowers? Yeah. And plants? Yeah. Vegetation? Anyways. Yes. Uh, Oof. 
So I, I feel like because seeds are so small and they're easy to transport and they don't need to be right cared for very specifically. But that's they are so small. A bushel is a lot of seeds. I'm just saying like millions that, of seeds. Yeah, I'm I'm saying that it wouldn't take very long for the seeds to come from England to America and be repropagated oh, and then sold. I know, but I also kind of feel like, oh, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Right. As a like, this is the thing you can have. This is probably going to fail, but hang on. Hey, Google, how many seeds would come in a bushel? Thanks. <laughs> so it takes about a bushel and a half to seed an acre. So she bought five acres. She bought... Yeah. Yeah. Five... No, it's a bushel and a half. Okay. She sent off for five bushels. So she bought like th- three and a half bushel. We can do math. I can do <laughs> math. Okay. Three of them makes two acres. Yes. So so three and a half acres. Yeah. So she sent off for three and a half acres worth of lupins. That's a lot of lupins. That's a lot. I like consistent lupins. Right, yeah. Right? Like, like that's like next door, seen, next door, we next have door. seeded this as a whole like crop. <laughs> process rather than we're just flinging them out our pockets so it sounded although it didn't sound like it was as many individual seeds as i was thinking still though lots because i said like a per pound how many yeah so i think i think a bushel is a volume opposed to a weight no i think it might be a weight not a volume Hey, Google, is a bushel a volume or a weight measurement? This is definitely linked to Daniel's account. He's going to be super confused. <laughs> okay. okay. 32 so, quarts of lupin seeds. That's a lot of fucking lupin seeds. Okay. Who? that's a, a lot. That's a lot of lupins. <laughs> And she distributed these all within a year, we think. No wonder they thought she was a crazy lady. Yeah. What can you imagine the recording of me yelling at <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah, because she, so all that summer, she wandered over fields and headlands, sowing lupins. She scattered the seeds along highways and down the country lanes. She flung handfuls of them around the schoolhouse and the back of the church. She, she touched them into hollows and along stone walls. Her back didn't hurt her anymore. And I went, I mean, seeds are pretty lightweight. You don't have to carry six pounds around with you. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like laid up. So. Yeah. And much as it pains me to say, consistent walking-based exercise is very good for back problems. My mother will be so pleased to hear me say it. You know, there's an old dog who also likes consistent walking practices. (laughs) If you were looking for an excuse, since Casper fears the sky. He does, indeed. Now people called her the crazy old lady. The Lupin lady, not Annika. (laughs) (laughs) It's only a matter of time. Oh, I know. (laughs) Can you imagine, though, having a lady in your tiny neighborhood yeah i was just like all summer just won't stop in her big green poncho i mean maine doesn't get that hot especially in the 60s but also 50s 60s hard to say very hard to say 
I love her hair just flying behind her. Yes. Uh, and the kids that are watching her fishing off the bridge are definitely like, it's that crazy lady. Yep. And there goes her cat prancing along behind right. her. But the next spring, lupins everywhere. They're so fabulous. They're so good. I spent a long time trying to paint flowers like this. Yeah. It never quite... I got, it some, like I got some quite good flowers out of it, but they were never quite right. And these these are ones that feel like they should be easy because, like you said, it's not like this felt like these were big paintings scaled down. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were bigger, but not, like, huge. huge. Yeah. And it feels like the, this stuff drives you crazy because it feels like, all right, you just blob them in. Yeah. Blah, 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 and add, like, a couple details. And you... No, I think, I, no. I think she's done, um, like... Slightly quivery drag ups oh, instead. Just, uh, um, in retrospect, I did a lot. I did a lot of paint, a lot of blobs, and hope it makes a flower. <laughs> yeah, I love the little buildings. Yes, they're so New Englandy and they have very good detail. Yeah, they feel real. Yes, right. Like these feel like buildings that existed. Yes, and possibly still exist. Certainly, the church. And on oh, her on her little bike. And it's like, of course she has a bike. Of course. I suspect that that's how she seated along the um, highways. I just, the idea of like packing <laughs> your, just seeds everywhere in her house and their laundry. Everywhere. You imagine like washing and just like, because <laughs> they're all going to plump up in the water. Oh, and then then we return to Alice. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. Um, she had done her third thing. Right, the most difficult thing of all. I love that. Yes, the hard thing. My great aunt Alice, Miss Rumpheus, is very old now, and her hair is very white. Yeah, and she's become such a little old lady. Yes. And it's a bunch of the neighborhood kids, and they've stared at her like the crazy old lady she is. Yes. But now we've, like, come in for cookies. Yeah. I feel like this picture of them inside of her cozy living room is set in, like, 1982. Yeah. Oh, I guess from the sneakers, yeah. Yeah, there's just... I mean, I would be willing to believe it's also the 70s, mm -hmm. but to be fair, 82 isn't really it is that far. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, it feels like we've gone, gone all the way to modern times. Yeah. But she does have her grandparents' two arts hanging on the wall. And one of their chairs. Yeah. And the shell. Like when you mm -hmm. yeah. flip back, it's not just... Because they're similar. Like we've got dark curtains and the wallpaper, but like... The art and the chair and the calico cat. <laughs> We've added only one more cat. Well, the calico cat is not the cat that was supervising her. This is a oh. new cat. That, well, that cat was black and white. Older now. I suspect that the last cat um, departed. Has, yes. Um, I, I've always wondered about the bird. The, the cockatoo. cockatoo? It seems legit for her. It also seems irresponsible at her age. 
Birds live a very they long do. time. They like do. Sh- like 60 years or yes. something. I mean, we don't know when she got the bird. I just feel like it would have showed up in some of those pictures. Like while she was in bed, there would have been a bird near her being like, Meow. They're terrible ideas as pets. Do not. <laughs> like they're cool. They're cool as heck. Yeah. Maybe they, not. And I listened to a whole like This American Life on a woman who got like a cockatoo or something. Oh gosh. When she was like 21. Mm-hmm. And the bird hates her husband but it's fine the bird's gonna be alive for like another 50 years yep and it hasn't quite come down to me or the bird but maybe we have had quite a few conversations that bumped up against that yeah yeah Uh, anyways practice responsible pet ownership please do friends and how much do you love her living room, though? It's so good. It's got all these big cushions for the kids. Because you know there's no way she's sitting down on that no. getting up. But she's made cookies and the library, the shelf of books, and the good, good chair. And the mantle yeah. reminiscent of her grandfather's mantle, but yeah. her own take on it. I always assume there were more tokens of her travels. Yeah. And there's not. But I think it's more just the atmosphere, the bird. Yeah. Like, this, it feels like the living room of a woman who has traveled widely. And it's fun because I don't even think as a kid I ever realized those paintings were her grandfather's no. paintings. Because they also invoke travel and yeah. exploration. She's so sweet. Yeah. She does look a lot like little Alice, though. Like, they look related. Okay, so I never really thought about it being a great aunt. And to be fair, I don't think I ever really, like, believed it. But we have drawn those lines of similarity so hard. Yeah. Alice is in, like, a cute little sailor shirt. Yeah. Much like old Alice's sailor sailor dress. Yeah. But then the poofy red hair, also very similar. And my... Like, little Alice's looks curlier than yes. old Alice's, but, but old similar Alice, shapes and the same color. And old Alice's hair was longer in a, in a yeah. ponytail, which is going to do different things. To curl, yeah. I, there's part of it that's like, when Miss Rumpius wanted to retire, if she had a sibling, mm-hmm. which if she's her great aunt, supposedly she is the sister of little Alice's... Grandmother. Or grandfather. Or grandfather, yes. That if you were looking to someplace to retire, you would retire where you had family. family. Yes. I don't think Alice had any siblings. It just doesn't feel like she did. Now maybe she had a cousin. That could be that would that would make you a great aunt, regardless yeah. of the fact that it wasn't. But that is that is the shorthand. Yeah, because my my grandmother had a cousin mm-hmm. who came along to family things. She didn't happen to have children, and she didn't like. Yeah, and she was Aunt Nancy, and she wasn't my aunt, but she was of the. Yeah, she was of a generation mm-hmm. of that relationship that. 
maybe that. Yeah, that would makes that would make a lot of sense to me. Because if you had to pick a tiny neighborhood, and you also showed up more than the crazy old lady, and you'd injure your back, yeah, you would probably go someplace where you had family support. She, I mean, I don't know that she would like that. That seems like the reasonable choice. But I don't know that Miss Rumphius always makes the reasonable choice. No, and that's why I love her. Right? In the best way. But, but that does seem reasonable. And that's why small Alice, who is, relate, who is presumably related to her, uh, is here to say hi. Like, it doesn't feel like Alice is visiting from far away. It feels like no. she lives in town. No, she's definitely... Because she has also brought the neighborhood kids yeah. in. It's like, she's, she's fine. It's yeah. cool. Just come on. She's got great stories. It's the fact that we've drawn such close parallels to the look of her. Yeah. That makes it feel like it is actually familiar. Yeah. Because you could also imagine her showing up and like some fa some family just being like, all right, you're ours now. Yes. Because <laughs> that also yeah. happens. And I feel like a little bit of why she, they are so similar in looks mm -hmm. is because it is like a, it's like a circle cycle happening of yes. like the elder person tells the stories and then is like, you have, you know, you can do all these cool things, but you also have to make the world more beautiful. And then the small person is like, yes, I will do it. Cause you take wisdom from grandparent age in the yeah. way you do not from parent age. Yeah. Because special wisdom is being imparted on you. It is. But if you also look at how old Miss Ramphia says she is older than the grandparents of this oh, yeah. girl. She, like she is possibly technically in the land of great greats. Yes. Although to be fair, if we've pegged her for essentially being born right around like 900s for like yeah. teens as a kid, Edwardian. Well, no, because it's no. teens as a, as a young adult. Okay. So maybe make her... Like 1890s? Yeah. Maybe. So she could be 90 here. Mm-hmm. And that feels right. Yeah, If we does. make this like the beginning it's of this, the 80s. Yep. That does feel right. Okay. Which would then make her... Young great-grandmother, but... Old grandparent. Hmm? Okay. With the, the last page is yes. Ms. Rumpheus in her uh, in her little cottage and all the children playing in the lupins. She yeah. Is. I can't... That is such a great flower, the idea that you would have so many of them as a kid. You'd be like, I'm just going to yank this one out. No one's yep. going to get mad at me. Well, because they're all over the place. Right. Because they're such big, cool flowers. Yeah. But I don't know yet what that can be, little Alice wondering about making the world more beautiful. I know I said, I was like, I just love it's not better. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. And is that... Here, my question to you. Should it, should the world be better? Or if you are trying to make the world more beautifully, more beautiful, you're presumably already making the world better because then you care. I don't think you are. Okay. I think there are ways of approaching make the world more beautiful that you could interpret as mm -hmm. like you will make it more beautiful and also better. 
but there are also plenty of ways that you could make the world technically more aesthetically uh, pleasing yes. and also actively Julie. significantly worse. Yes. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but something about the sentiment of make the world more beautiful, it, because if it was make the world a better place, it would feel preachy. This but because book, it's beautiful. beautiful, it feels sort of hopeful and lovely and like a good goal to have, you know? Well, I think her act is so small. Right? And that it's an achievable Thing, yeah. Right. Like make the world better. You can try and you can fight and you can work very hard at it, but it is hard to do it. Well, but you can also make in the same way. Yeah. She didn't. When I look back on this book in my head, it's always she spread lupins around the world. Yeah. But no, it's only just her small little town. Yeah. In the same way that you can make the world better. Maybe not all, oh, yes. but like you can do. A small act that is meaningful and good in your small area. Yeah. Yes. I think that's one of the things I really like about it is it's an achievable goal yes. in this book. That yeah. And she has to think about it and she has to look for it and it takes her a long time to like find the thing that's the right thing for her. Yeah. Which I also like that it's not just a sort of like, oh, got to do that thing. Well, and presumably, grandfather it never talks about grandfather did it, but yeah. he was a painter, and it feels like the carving was the thing he kind of did for work, but the painting yeah. was him. That was the thing he yeah. did, and for her, who she wasn't an artist, yeah, that was hers. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Excellent. We'll just we'll deep down down memory this one. Is there a way the book was meaningful and spoke to you that we haven't covered? It was a book that my mom really loved. Mm. Like, I, I, I am very aware that it is one of her, her favorites of my books. For the art and the whole thing. I think because it reminded her of her a couple of her aunts. Nice. Yet, Alice always felt... A little bit like someone who could maybe, like, not that she was actually someone mm -hmm. who was related to me, but it felt like the story about her was quite similar to stories about some other aunt, great aunts in my family in some ways, which I thought was neat. Yeah. I think my mom liked this one, but I think this one more spoke to me mm -hmm. um, because I'm like, because just her little, like, I want to go travel the world. Yep. Live by the sea. A little yes, no for me, but I'm like, I definitely see the appeal. <laughs> and then make the world a more beautiful place. Like, yeah. I'm not sure there's a book that more, like, summed up the ethos I wanted to live my life by. <laughs> <laughs> because to me, the live by the sea was more like, Live a place you love. Yeah. That just speaks to completing who you are as a person. Right. No, I was, I was big on the live by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Directly. The sea. But you also... I did not grow up with the sea. Obviously pointing out Katie's uh, knowledge of Canadian geography. Montreal is very far from the sea, as it turns out. How far away is it? Oh. If you, drive, if you just drive sideways towards the ocean... Uh-huh. A solid. By seven hours, you get to where the gulf is 
feels like the sea, but it's not. Oh, because the gulf is not the sea. (laughs) No. So to hit, like, the tongue of New Brunswick, it's like a two-day drive. Oh, but your cabin... The cottage in New Hampshire was about a four and a half, five... No, how far away was Manchester? It wasn't that far. It was It was doable as a day trip. Gotcha. Wow. <laughs> Just funny. Yeah. That, like, I have big feelings about the ocean, but no, I never lived by it. <laughs> I want to, though. One you day. spent a lot of time there. Uh, yeah, a fair amount of time next to the ocean. And a lot of time near water in general. Gotcha. Large bodies of water. It's the weirdest thing about living in Denver is that they're not just around. <laughs> I did not. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand the pull of the ocean and the endlessness and the breeze. And I, and like, I get that even from like, it does, it doesn't have to be sandy or warm, yeah. but, but lake people, I do not understand. I, I, do, I don't, I don't hardly, get it. I am big lake people. I just don't see it. Oh, I love it. No, lake. I take a mountains. <laughs> like, but like good lake. I do love a great lake. The Great Lakes are awfully good. I, and I have not. And those are quite impressive. They're very big. Because the same thing I like about the ocean is the same thing I like about the mountains. I want to go and feel small someplace. Mm-hmm. And that like the world <laughs> just stretches out beyond me. And on a lake, I, f- I like the ocean and the mountains for the... I want to leave civilization <laughs> and feel one with the, you know, yeah. land and air. Land slash water. <laughs> and a lake, I'm like, oh no, it's just everyone with me here. <laughs> so, <laughs> isolation is what I'm shooting for. I mean, there are isolated lakes. I'm sure there are. Obviously, I never knew anyone with a lake house on yeah. one of those. <laughs> Not that our cottage was on an isolated lake. There were a lot of people around that lake. I mean, if it's someplace you're going to have a lake house, there's typically other people doing the same thing. Yeah. So, the experience of reading the book. Just so nostalgic. Yeah. It feels like it feels like sitting in my bed and my mom is reading the book regardless of what is happening and i don't know that that's actually true of the experience of reading the book but my brain cannot extricate itself from that feeling yeah i i kind of agree it, it's <laughs> there are mainly i just was like childhood yeah and i know this book so well i know these images Part of me wasn't even really reading yeah. so much as just kind of flowing through the experience. Yeah, like I had to stop and go like, no, Annika, read all the words. Yes. I know you know them, but you have to do all of them to be able to talk about them reasonably. And this is this is not a book I can recite. No. But it's the feeling. I know the feeling of the book so yeah. well. Yeah. Now that being, I, I guess, for a more technical response, there is quite a bit of reading Per page. per page. Yeah. Because we talk about each page is a big moment in life. Yeah. And we don't sit in them. No, it's like, here's a page about the previous 10 years, and here's the next 10 years, and here's the next yeah. 10 years. Which is nice that there's so much to read because they're because the pictures are so wonderfully filled with detail yeah. that you get to kind of edit, 
as a kid experience, you get to kind of hang out in them. Yes. So many good cats. So many good cats. It never occurred to me that it was full of good cats. The cats don't make an imprint, but in reading, I'm like, of course there's cats here. Yeah. This is this is the coziness of a cat hanging out. Yes. Also, she's a very independent lady. <laughs> a dog would not. No. No. No, certainly not. The moral. I feel like we sort of tackled it at the end of our walk through the book. Yeah. Well, I guess it's at least partially you can just do your own thing. Yeah. And that's not a, like like it's cool. Uh, your life can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. I still keep going back to I, I found this such like an empowering female <laughs> story. Yeah. Which makes me so angry about that shelving note. Aunt. <laughs> no, she's not. She's not even canonically, like, explicitly anyone's aunt. I mean, except for by being called great aunt. Like, the there's, great... But, like, that's a, that's a thing you could call someone you're not related to. Right. Especially someone this old. Right. Because, what, little Alice is going to call her Alice? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh-uh. And clearly, we're more dear to her than Miss Rumpfius. Yeah. Yeah, I think we. I think uh, we I think we hit it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this book is like a warm blanket. It really is. It's just it's so comforting and lovely and cozy, and it actually doesn't ask that much of you. It doesn't. Which is funny. It asks so little of you, but it's so impactful. Yes. <laughs> How do you do that? I don't know. You do a real good job. Barbara Cohen had been writing books for 40 years before she yeah. wrote this one. So it does. It certainly feels like the book of someone who knows what they're doing. Agreed. <laughs> Having read some like first or second tries yeah. in, over the course of this, not that they're bad, but no. like you can sort of tell the ones where we're like, Oh, this person has written over a hundred books. You can feel it. Yes. Not in a like this is obviously formulaic way, but just in a like we have we have mastered pictures and words and how they go together and we, how to make the story go. We understand and are an expertise at our art form. Exactly. Do you know she published her last book six months before she died? Oh. Which oh. is just incredible. That's very cool. Or eat more barbacuni. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. It if you have a barbacuni book we should know about, please tag us on the Instagram. Seems like a weird place to do it. I know. Send us an email. Send us an email. email. Once again, that's the Peter Rabbit Hole at gmail.com. Send us a picture of your flower garden full of lupins on the Instagram. At Peter Rabbit Hole. And go to the website for pictures. Pictures and cool other info, I guess. You know what? I'm going to put a picture up of uh, Barbara Cohen because, like I said, yeah. even though she has a different hairstyle this, than Miss Rumpheus, you'll be like, ah, I see some <laughs> correlation. <laughs> yes. And you can see those at www.peterrabbithole.com. Ah. So what are we reading next week, Annika? 
Next week, we're reading Too Much Glue by Jason Lefevre. I hear there's, it gets sticky. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a crafting book. Ooh. Ooh. Nope, we already did engagement. Okay, bye. <laughs>